You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Today, we are sitting down with Brooke Boscovich. Brooke is a registered dietitian nutritionist, a functional and integrative practitioner, the founder of The Fertility Dietitian, which you can find over on Instagram, and the creator of multiple programs, including Master Your Fertility and Foundations for Optimizing Your Fertility. If you've been subscribing Baby Dust for a while, you will likely remember Brooke from the tips she shared in one of our free guides last year. Brooke is a gem and someone you should absolutely follow for reliable fertility information. Today, we're diving into a much requested topic, male fertility. And as we'll talk about later on in the episode, Brooke has a brand new male fertility course available that you can find on her website. Now, before I dive in, I just want to remind you that you can head over to the Baby Dust free fertility guide and you can scroll back and actually find that guide that Brooke appeared on if you haven't checked it out. So you can head to babydust.substack.com either right now or as soon as you're done listening to this episode. So with that, let's jump right in. Well, welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Bowers, and I am really excited to be sitting down with today's guest, Brooke. Welcome. Thank you for taking some time to chat with us. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. I'm excited to chat. You know, I have been really looking forward to this specific interview because we get so many questions about male fertility. It it seems so crazy to me. It's, It's such a relevant challenge for couples who are trying to conceive, but it's really difficult to find great resources and quality information on this topic. Yeah, it's definitely one that is unfortunately bypassed mm-hmm. way more than it should be. And they're, they're really 50% of the equation um, all along the fertility journey. So it's definitely an important one to talk about. Absolutely. And um, so, yeah, so that's exactly what we're talking about today. Um, And I wondered if we could just kind of jump right in. You know, most of our listeners are aware of male factor infertility. Um, A lot of people in our Facebook community have a personal um, struggle with this. Um, But with that, there's a lot of myths that persist. Would you mind just kind of breaking down the top three myths on male fertility? Yeah, I I would say that the first or one of the first big myths with male fertility is that it only matters for conception or getting pregnant. Mm. Um, And I think that's one of the big reasons why it's kind of overlooked in, in a fertility journey a lot of the time. Um, but it, it matters for so much more than just that fertilization of the egg. Like it, mm-hmm. it actually impacts, you know, how that embryo is going to continue to develop. It impacts the quality of the placenta that's going to be able to, to nourish the baby um, once it gets to that stage. And it, it impacts not only um, the conception and able, being able to carry to term, but it actually ends up impacting the lifelong health Mm, of that future tiny human too. And that just goes all the way back to DNA and the quality of of those sperm that are going to be able to attempt for for, um, fertilizing that egg and supporting that whole pregnancy journey um, into the development of that tiny human. So 
big, big myth there is that, that, that sperm only matters for getting pregnant. But if you're having trouble with early miscarriages or really miscarriages at any point, if you're wanting to um, decrease the risk of, um, um, risk factors during pregnancy, as well as developmental risk factors, um, the quality of the sperm matters. And, and mm. of course, all of us want to have healthy babies and babies that are going to be growing into healthy children and so on and so forth. So the sperm, the quality of that sperm is definitely going to be impacting that and definitely something important to dive into. Um, and we can do that with, with semen analyses, which is awesome. It's a really great way to look at what's happening with the quality of the sperm, as long as we're including markers like morphology, which is the shape of that sperm, and even DNA fragmentation, which is not a standard marker to look at, but one that's really, really helpful for checking out the quality of that sperm. And then Motility is, of course, really important, and that's how how they're swimming and moving. Um, and then the count, of course, is really, really important too. So, not to do, get too off track, but when you're considering like looking looking at the quality of the sperm, that's really what you're wanting to look at um, as a whole, and that will definitely impact every every piece of that fertility journey from from being able to conceive on. Um, so that's really myth number one. One of the other big myths that um, I see come up a lot is that age doesn't matter for sperm health. Um, and that's that's a big myth. It does matter for sperm quality. Um, we see counts start to decrease as well, but that quality of the sperm, so how they're swimming, the shape of them. Um, and when I say shape, it's, it's going to be that morphology morphology parameter on a semen analysis. And that's really looking at whether they have one head or two, two heads or one or two tails and, and how um, they're able to be formed. And you want them to obviously have one head, one tail. So then that impacts motility, how they're able to, to fertilize that egg as a whole as well. But fertility does decrease for men as well as they age. And we really see it start declining in the same age range that we see fertility in women start to decline. Mm, so 40 to 50 years old, we see quality starting to decline there. So even if you've had one semen analysis before and it looked great, even if you've had a child before, um, testing semen quality is definitely an important part of, of investigating when you're having trouble with, with fertility, for sure. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, I just want to give this a shout out because I hear that all the time. Oh, we've already had a semen analysis run, you know, so, so-and-so date ago, or he already had children. And so therefore it's just taken out of the equation, like must not be a problem. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, we have to remember that fertility for men changes just like it changes for women as mm -hmm. as we live life and as we age. Um, but the whole spermatogenesis or that formation of sperm process is about a 75 day period. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't had a semen analysis in the last three to four months, things could be completely different. Mm -hmm. wow especially if things in your lifestyle have changed, if stressors, major stressors have come about, illness, um, other health conditions that you're working on, like sperm's gonna be impacted as well. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind um, for that. Um, so the third myth that I wanna share um, around male fertility is that nutrition and lifestyle 
doesn't impact sperm mm. um, because they live or are stored outside the body. That's typically something that I hear come up and that that's a huge myth. <laughs> um, and as somebody that has, you know, looked at a lot of sperm analysis and um, recommended nutrition and lifestyle changes and then retested, like we see really big improvements over that, that spermatogenesis period. So that 75 day period where we can see really significant changes if nutrition and lifestyle changes are, are being made. We see a really big impact on sperm quality as well. And they're stored. Um, sperm is stored outside the body, but it's made inside the body. Mm. And, um, and so everything that you're well, not everything, but, but how you're nourishing your body, the inflammation going on in your body, um, the antioxidants that are coming in, in your body make an impact on the sperm. And then once they are being stored, um, at that stage of, of, um, development, once they are being stored outside the body, we still have a big impact as to what damage is, is being, um, is going to be impacting them. So things like, um, High, high temperatures. So things like saunas and hot tubs are going to negatively impact and damage that sperm. Mm. Um, they are stored outside the body because they are meant to be kept cool. So tight clothes, um, um, creating too much temperature in, in that area is definitely going to negatively impact sperm. Um, as well as things like putting your cell phone in your front pocket, mm. um, sitting with your habit. laptop, yeah, yeah, sitting with your laptop on your lap, like those are damaging. Sperm are, sperm are what I like to think of as um, like a tinfoil army. They are mighty, but they are quite fragile. Um, and antioxidant support and lifestyle changes can go a really long ways in supporting mm. them. Well, you know, next time I'm downstairs and I see my husband on the couch with his laptop on his lap, I'm going to be telling him, <laughs> I need to move that thing. <laughs> so, you know, you just listed three really great myths, things that really, they're just commonly held beliefs. Um, and so really just changes the paradigm, even just thinking about one of those on the impact of male fertility on reproduction. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a big piece of the puzzle. And over, well, since the seventies, 1970s, we've seen sperm quality or sperm counts specifically decline by like 50 to 60% in our population. And it's really concerning. <laughs> that is very concerning. And I think it's a big um, kind of red flag showing us that we need to be paying more attention to male fertility, just as we are paying starting to pay more attention to female fertility earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's a conversation that just keep needs to keep happening in order for that awareness to be out there. Hey friends, I wanted to quickly pause today's interview to tell you about a product that I'm loving. Stress is a regular part of life. But did you know that having a chronically elevated stress level can impact your menstrual cycle and ability to ovulate? Fullwell's Nourished Nerves is a gentle, drug-free tincture that you can take to support your body's natural stress response. Formulated by a functional dietitian and herbalist, 
This product is a great addition to your current routine and is safe to use before, during, and after pregnancy. Order today at fullwellfertility.com and use the code BLISSBERRYWELLNESS at checkout to save 10%. So I know that, you know, when someone goes through conventional care, you know, there's kind of like the track, you know, they seem to have these tracks that if you find you know, there's, there's an abnormality in male fertility or in the sperm, you kind of just get put on this track. Um, and I know one of the things that we hear in our group is people get frustrated. They feel like they're only given one option. It's not really customized. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about um, really how taking a more functional approach is, is different from that conventional uh, treatment mindset. Definitely. Definitely. So the way, and just to start off with like conventional medicine and, and functional medicine can work really well together, mm-hmm, but we absolutely. have to think it's important to think about the training that those, those different modalities of healthcare, um, um, have like in, in their physicians, the training that, that they have and how they are going to be looking at your fertility case specifically. So in a functional medicine approach, um, we're definitely looking at the body as a whole, and we're looking at all of the systems in the body and how they're going to be impacting fertility rather than just fertility in itself. And of course we look at like markers that are really specific to fertility. So in male fertility, it's going to be like a semen analysis, but then we're considering, okay, what is happening with how that food is being used? Like where, where are those resources being diverted? Um, so rather than just taking the sperm analysis for what it is and saying, okay, this needs treatment, we're kind of taking a step backwards and saying like, okay, what's contributing to this? Um, we're, not, we're not going to take the approach of, if you will, forcing that sperm to, to change or extracting it from the body and then washing it to find the best ones. Um, we're, we're considering that all your overall health is impacting, like how you are, are, um, producing those sperm. And then once they are produced, like what is happening to impact the quality of, of those sperm. So we take a step back, we look at the whole body. Um, I'm personally looking for any barriers that are contributing to nutrients and antioxidants being Mm -hmm. diverted to other health concerns. So it could be anything from like high cholesterol and high blood pressure to gut health problems. Like, are you Mm -hmm. not even digesting and absorbing the food that we need to break down into nutrients and get them to fertility? Like what's going on there? So there's a lot of questions um, from, from a functional medicine standpoint and and from the approach that I take, like what's going on with the body as a whole, where is stress coming from, whether it's external or internal that could potentially be stealing those resources away from fertility and what can we do with nutrition, lifestyle, and supplements in order to support your body in supporting Mm -hmm. fertility rather than jumping into those conventional kind of medical approaches. And, we might need like some support from the medical side too, but if we can take that step back, work with your body. And, and I believe that the body is designed to heal itself. That's definitely mm-hmm. a functional medicine kind of um, philosophy and an approach, like giving your body the tools to heal itself and support fertility. It's going to help you have better outcomes, no matter how you end up conceiving. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's kind of some of the major differences in the approaches, and then they can definitely work really well together. Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. Just, just first of all, acknowledging that functional medicine and conventional medicine aren't pitted against each other. Sometimes it feels like uh, when we have the conversation, you know, it's like, oh, I, I can only, you know, go one path. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how that functional approach really goes to support the whole body. Um, and going back to your comment earlier about um, male fertility and sperm being so critical, not just for conception, but also for the long-term outcome of your, your child. Uh, it's really exciting to think about the potential interventions that you could apply here. Um, not to say maybe, maybe someone would need, still may need the medication support. And that's totally okay if that's where you need to go. But first having it so that you can get your body, get his body, his sperm as healthy as possible. It's just really exciting because it it increases the odds of successful pregnancy. Absolutely. Yeah. And taking it another step there, it's going to, as you said, like improve the health of, of the future dad. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to feel better and be more up for, you know, supporting your partner during that postpartum period Mm -hmm. and those sleepless years that are going to be coming your way. So it's definitely (laughs) something just as important for you to get under control preconception. Absolutely. Well, I feel like that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask next. You know, um, could you share the top three tips or so um, to support male fertility? Because I I think for a lot of people, this is new. A lot of people I've talked to to don't even know that there are other options. So um, where do we start? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it, it's hard for me to pick three, but um, definitely <laughs> trying to focus in on what's going to be like really helpful as far as nutrition goes. Um, we can definitely talk about antioxidants in your diet. So that's mm. going to be a lot of really vibrant color, um, natural vibrant colors. So things mm-hmm. like beets and dark leafy greens, um, uh, your berries, which are your mm-hmm. deep, rich colors, like your blues and your reds and your, your kind of dark purples there, um, are going to provide a lot of antioxidant support and antioxidants are important because they're protecting sperm from damage. Um, mm-hmm. so just so, so we're, we're clear there, like we can protect, um, that kind of tinfoil army from being damaged and, and, um, making sure that they are maintaining good quality. Um, other places in the diet that are really supportive are going to be your healthy fats. So mm. fat is really helpful for um, supporting how we're producing hormones and hormones are very important for male fertility as well. Um, and the type of fat that we are consuming can make a difference as far mm. as the inflammation that is going to be contributing to that whole process of, of spermatogenesis or that um creation of sperm as well. Um, and too much inflammation can lead to damage. So, Mm. so, um, healthy fats are going to be coming from things like fatty fish. So that's going to be like your omega-3 fatty acids, which are anti-inflammatory. Other places we get, those are going to be, um, things like walnuts, Mm. um, avocados, Um, things like your flax seeds are going to contribute there. Um, some of those fats are also going to be giving you a helpful antioxidant called vitamin E, which is really supportive Mm -hmm. of male fertility as well. 
Um, and of course, like in all of those foods, there's other vitamins and minerals that are very supportive of fertility, male fertility too, like selenium and zinc um, are some really big ones that are important for that DNA programming that is important for every piece of fertility, like we talked about in, in the beginning. Um, so that's kind of the nutrition um, focus that I recommend taking, like antioxidants, lots of vibrant color getting those healthy fats in there, um, and decreasing the inflammatory fats would be the other side of that. Mm. So, um, inflammatory fats are largely like our processed seed and vegetable oils. So those are our omega six fatty acids and we need to decrease those. Yes, we need some, but we get way too many of them in our kind of standard American, mm. um, diet that we, we come across. So, um, that's your vegetable oils, your canola oils, your corn oils, your soy oils. Um, those are some really, really common ones. And so checking your labels for those, like that's one of the biggest areas that I um, recommend restricting and limiting as much as possible it is those types of fats. Like I'm all about adding in for fertility, but that's an area that we really benefit from reducing. And there are some great swaps on the market. So looking for your olive oils, your avocado oils, your coconut oils, even your saturated fats from, from animals are going to be better options um, because our saturated fats are actually going to provide those building blocks to the hormones that we talked about. And they're also much better for the um, creation of cell membranes, including the mm. cell membranes that create sperm too. So definitely considering fat types is, is helpful there. Um, a couple other tips that I would, that was supposed to be one tip. That's a new trick. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a good tip. <laughs> and I know that that was probably more than, than um, we wanted, but That's a couple right. other tips that are really helpful for sperm would be um, making sure that you're getting good quality sleep. So this mm, is something that, a good one. yeah, it's definitely one that I feel like is, um, not talked about enough, the quality of our sleep is so, so important for that rest and repair period, mm -hmm. which again, decreases inflammation, decreases the oxidative damage, which is going to be damaging, um, sperm potentially, mm -hmm. um, as well. So seven to nine hours of sleep and focusing on the quality of that sleep can go a really long ways to supporting fertility. Um, our detox processes are really active at night. And so mm -hmm. if that whole process doesn't have time or the quality of time to rest and repair, then we're diverting even more resources in the form of mm -hmm. nutrients there instead of to fertility because your body's constantly trying to play catch up. Um, so decreasing screen time at night can really support sleep quality. Um, and then kind of scheduling a time for bed and a time for wake that's pretty close to the same time every, every day, like within an hour of the same time each day can really go a long ways for your sleep quality. So don't skip on sleep. And then last but not least, um, um, keeping the boys cool. So, um, this goes back to the, some of the lifestyle things that I mentioned earlier mm -hmm. of making mm -hmm. sure that you're not doing the saunas and the hot tubs, um, making sure you're not wearing too restrictive of, um, underwear or pants, um, because that can create more heat in that environment. Um, and then even like 
if you have a sedentary job, getting a stand-up desk and changing your position can be really helpful because sitting too much is definitely restrictive of blood flow, can create more mm. heat as well there. So, so standing as well, um, if you are at like a desk job can be helpful pacing while you're on the phone, if that's an option to going for a walk, if you're on a call, um, all helpful for sperm quality as well. Well, those are all really realistic and actionable steps. And a lot of them sound like things that you can do as a couple and take advantage of being accountable to one another. So I love that. <laughs> Definitely. I love that too. And the fun thing about um, supporting fertility as a couple is that it, it's about the same time frame as far as hmm. um, supporting nice. female fertility and in, in seeing that significant improvement in egg quality and reproductive mm -hmm. environment as well is about three months. So looking at about three months for both improving sperm quality and egg quality and doing it together can go a really long ways. Well, that right in and of itself makes it uh, hard to not want to incorporate this. If you're already taking that three months to improve egg quality, then why not help sperm be even more healthy and ready for the task that's up that's coming. But um, anyways, Brooke, thank you for, thank you for diving into all of that, for sharing um, so many helpful things. If somebody has been listening and they've really resonated with this and would like to reach out to you, what is the best way to do that? Yeah. So you can come and check me out and say hi on Instagram. I am at the.fertility.dietitian. Um, I have a bunch of free info there and then a bunch of, um, there's several links in my bio there on Instagram where you can get to my website, which is the fertilitydietitian.health. Um, I do have an online store or digital store on my website as well. And there is going to be a um, male fertility mini course that is going to be added to that very oh, soon. Fantastic. So definitely, if you're hoping to dive even more into male fertility, more tips um, for what you can do to support male fertility, check that out as well. Perfect. Well, we'll get links to all of that and include it in the show notes. Well, thank you again for taking the time to talk to us about male fertility. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thanks for tuning into the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. Please share this episode with a friend and be sure to follow Baby Dust at babydust.substack.com for updates on all new episodes and free fertility resource guides. Until next time, I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Bye for now. Bye for now.